Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. Army officers say the missile, found sometime last week, has been inspected at Roswell, New Mexico, and sent to Wright Field, Ohio, for further inspection. Headline edition will bring you special reports and interviews in a moment. When you say but, you say... Public service announcement from Brill Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Just Radio. <laughs> Don't argue with the ball. Roger, we'll go. It's as good as done. The complete solution for your home PC. Make yourself to home. I'm the other white beat. I can take the heat because I'm the other white beat. Known as Kid Funky Saturn. Now I'm hung like planet Pluto. Come on in. Welcome to the ravings of a clown on Chester Radio. It's Tuesday, April the 29th. The year of our Lord 2008. Come on in. Make yourself to feet up. Head back. The roof, the roof is on fire. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. The roof, the roof, the roof is ah, on fire. Yeah. We don't need no water, let the motherfucker burn. Burn, motherfucker. Burn. Yeah, 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 that's what I say. Just let it go. How important could it possibly be? So much happening, so much going on. Sit down, yo yo. 
Yo, yo, All right. Hey, good evening. Welcome to the show. It's your old pal, the Jester, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe. It's Tuesday, April the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2008. So very honored and pleased to have you to home. Such a show we have for you this evening featuring the likes of the Cornelius Brothers, Super Tram, Five for Fighting, Ellis Paul, Jackson Brown, Bell and Sebastian, so much more. Plus, the request lines are open. Give us a call. Tell us what you want to hear. 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air with you-know-who. So if you have nothing to say, jot that number down. You're going to want to call later on. Something I'm going to say during the course of the evening is going to piss you off. That's for sure. So be prepared. 646-502-8600. It's probably a free call for you right now from your celly. Uh, you could also Skype in. Our Skype name is Jester Radio. Imagine that. Time now to turn our attention to the headlines from high atop Jester Radio Studios. The secret location. All right, that'll do, pig. Thank you. Barack Obama angrily denounced his former pastor for divisive and destructive remarks on race seeking to divorce himself from the incendiary speaker in a fury that threatens to engulf his front-running Democratic presidential campaign. You know, i got to tell you, I was among the people that was pretty alarmed and upset by the comments that they played from this uh, priest. Um, but, you know, the truth is they were, I don't really know what context they were set in. I don't really, you know, by instinct, don't really feel good about the idea of guilt by association. So, you know, a lot of people are pointing to the fact that, oh, he went to his sermons for 20 years and he put up with his shit. You know, I mean, who the fuck knows, you know, what his rationale is or, you know, he maybe he p picked that church because it was close to home or because he liked the pound cake. I don't even know what they have there but maybe he liked the seats maybe it was you know a social thing and the the actual words of the pastor you know mean less than i don't really fucking know i don't really care but uh this guy has uh you know this reverend wright has taken it upon himself to make a clown out of himself you know showing what a jackass he really is uh considering that obama could have sold his ass down the river in a heartbeat and said, look, I disown myself of this guy, and he didn't. Uh, and now this guy is just saying, you know, j just using the uh, public uh, forum to, uh, you know, masturbate in public. Obama is trying to tamp down the uproar over the Reverend Jeremiah Wright. At a tough time in his campaign, the Illinois senator is coming off a loss in Pennsylvania to rival Hillary Rodham Clinton and is trying to win over white working-class voters in Indiana and North Carolina in next Tuesday's primaries. I am outraged by the comments that were made and saddened over the spectacle that we saw yesterday. He told reporters at a news conference today, his strong words come just six weeks after Obama delivered a sweeping speech on race in which he sharply condemned Wright's remarks but did not leave the church or repudiate the minister himself, who he said was like a family member. After weeks of staying out of the public eye, and, you know, we all got one of those in our families, you know, some embarrassing clown who never, um, 
you know, turns down an opportunity to make a jackass out of himself. After weeks of staying out of the public eye, while critics lambasted his sermons, the former pastor of the Trinity United Church of Christ in Chicago made three public appearances in four days to defend himself. Uh, yesterday, he criticized the U.S. government, an imperialist, uh, and stood by his suggestion that the U.S. invented HIV virus as a means of genocide against the minorities. Based on the Tuskegee experiment and based on what has happened to Africans in this country, I believe our government is capable of doing anything, he said. And perhaps even worse for Obama, Wright suggested that the church congregant secretly concurs. If Senator Obama did not say what he said, he would never get elected, Wright said. Politicians say what they say and do what they do based on electability, based on sound bites, based on polls. Obama flatly denied uh, that he uh, shares the view of this guy who officiated, by the way, at his wedding, baptized his, his two daughters, and has been his church pastor for the past 20 years. The title of Obama's second book, The Audacity of Hope, came from a sermon that this guy gave. What became clear to me is that he was presenting a worldview that contradicts who I am and what I stand for, Obama said. And what I think particularly angered me was his suggestion somehow that my previous denunciation of his remarks was somehow political posturing. Anybody who knows me and anybody who knows what I'm about knows that I, I, I'm about trying to bridge gaps and see the commu uh, commonality in all people. So maybe, you know, maybe both. Maybe on the one hand, you know, he's he, he's part of him feels, you know, fucking A when he hears him talk anti-American, and maybe part of him is outraged. In an astonishing scene, members of the Austrian family terrorized by decades of incest and imprisonment met for the first time at a clinic where psychiatrists are helping them recover, authorities said today. Details of the emotional gathering emerged as police said, DNA tests confirmed that it, Joseph Fritzl is the biological father of his daughter's six children. The retired electrician confessed yesterday to imprisoning his daughter Elizabeth for 24 years in a warren of soundproofed cellar rooms, sexually abusing her, fathering seven children with her, and discarding the body of one who died in infancy in a furnace. Three of the children were locked in the underground labyrinth with their mother for years and had never met their other siblings or their grandmother who lived upstairs. Hospital officials said Elizabeth, five uh, of the children, and Fritzl's wife, Rosemary, spent their first moments together on Sunday. It's astonishing how easy it worked that the children came together, and also it was astonishing how easy it happened that the grandmother and mother came together. The clinic director, Bertold Keplinger, said, Now 42, Elizabeth was 18 when she was imprisoned in the secret annex her father built beneath the apartment in Amstetten, a working-class town 75 miles west of Vienna. Under the circumstances, she and her children were doing quite well in the care of the team specialists, Keplinger said. One of the children, a 19-year-old girl, was in critical condition and undergoing dialysis at another hospital and was not part of the reunion. In fact, I understand she's actually being kept in a medically induced coma. Fritzl faces up to 15 years in prison if convicted on rape charges, the most grave of the alleged offenses. However, prosecutors said today that they were investigating whether he can be charged 
with murder through failure to act in connection with the infant's death, which is punishable by up to 20 years. His lawyer uh, said his client is under psychiatric care, asked whether he showed any remorse. He said, I can't say at this point. He had been raping this poor girl since she was 11 years old, and he probably figured when she was 18, she was going to be, you know, out the fucking door. So he lured her down into the basement, you know, probably said, here, I got some shit for you to take on your, uh, you know, going out into the world. And uh, he drugged her and fucking chained her to the wall, kept her there for 24 years. Fritzel was a dues-paying member of Amstetten's Fishing Club, and the club, uh, club official Reinhard Kern said there was never a problem with him. Whether he actually went fishing or not, how am I to know? Maybe it was an alibi, he said. The case started unfolding on April 19th when the imprisoned 19-year-old woman was found unconscious and was taken to the hospital after receiving a tip. Police picked up Elizabeth and her father on Saturday. Fritzel freed the captive children the same day. Amstead Mayor Herbert Katzengruber told Jester Radio in an interview that Fritzel was personable and well-liked and that the town had honored this guy and his wife on their 50th wedding anniversary in 2006. What a fucking world. Meanwhile, Carl Lauder, a prisoner who worked in the hospital at Matthausen, which was a concentration camp in Baden-Baden, Germany, had no trouble remembering the first time he watched SS doctor Herbert Heim kill a guy. It was back in 1941, and uh, an 18-year-old Jew had been sent to the clinic with a foot inflammation. Haim asked uh, you know, the kid about himself and why he was so physically fit, and the young man said that he was a soccer player and a swimmer. Then, instead of treating the prisoner's foot, Haim anesthetized him, cut him open, castrated him, took apart one kidney, removed the second, um, all according to this guy, Carl uh, Lauder, the victim's head was removed and the flesh was boiled off so that Heim could keep it on display. He just, the only reason he needed the head was because of the perfect teeth, uh, said uh, Lauder, a non-Jewish political prisoner recalled in testimony eight years later that was included in an Austrian warrant for Heim's arrest, uh, which was uncovered by the Associated Press. Of all the ca- uh, doctors at Matthausen, Dr. Heim was the most horrible. But Heim managed to avoid prosecution, his American-held file in Germany, mysteriously omitting his time in Matthausen. And today he's the most wanted, suspected Nazi war criminal on a list of hundreds who the Simon Wiesenthal Center estimates are still free. Heim would be 93 today, and we have good reason to believe he's still alive, said Ephraim Zuroff, the Simon Wiesenthal Center's top Nazi hunter. He spoke in a telephone interview from Jerusalem ahead of the center's plan to release a most wanted list tomorrow and to open a media campaign in South America this summer highlighting the $485,000 reward for Heim's arrest that was posted by the Wiesenthal Center along with Germany and Austria. According to an advanced copy of the list obtained by Jest Radio, the most wanted are Heim, John Demyamyuk, who is now fighting deportation from the U.S., uh, which says uh, he was a guard at several death and forced labor camps. Sandor Kepero, a Hungarian accused of involvement in the wartime killings of uh, more than uh, 1,000 civilians in Serbia. Uh, Miljov Osner, a wartime Croatian police chief now living in Austria 
and suspected of an active role in deporting hundreds of Serbs, Jews, and gypsies uh, to their death, and Soren Kam, a former member of the SS, wanted by Denmark for the assassination of a journalist in 1943. His extradition from Germany was blocked in 2007 by a Bavarian court that found insufficient evidence for his murder charges. The hunt for Heim was t- has taken investigators from the German state of Baden-Württemberg all around the world, besides his home country of Austria and neighboring Germany, where he settled after the war. Tips have come in from Uruguay, Spain, Switzerland, Chile, Brazil, and Heinz Heister, presiding judge of the Baden-Baden State Court, where Heim was indicted in absentia on hundreds of counts of murder in uh, 1979, says, we're going to get him. So hopefully, you know, does it matter that he got to live all this time, you know, uh, 40 years after the war, 50 years after the war, and got to live a life? Not if they still catch him. I still say it will be worth it because, you know, everything after that, you know, is just, uh, you know, gravy. But just to catch the motherfucker, throw his ass in jail, have people come up and testify against him, you know? That would bum him out. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. The chat room is open at www.jesterradio.com. It's Tuesday, April the 29th, 2008. You poisoned my sweet water. You cut down my green trees. The food you fed my children was the cause of their disease. My world is slowly falling down, and the air is not good to breathe. And those of us who care enough, we have to do something. Quicksilver Messenger Service on JR. Don't fuck with that dial.
See, that's what happens when you listen to the record like 8,000 times in a row with the headphones on. You hear shit like that. Quicksilver Messenger Service on Chester Radio. I smoke marijuana because I can't get high on your wars. And most of what I do and believe is against most of your laws. I'm a fugitive from injustice. 
but I am going to be free because your rules and regulations, they don't do a thing for me. Yeah. There's a revolution song for you. Hey, you're tuned into the ravings of a clown on Jest Radio this Tuesday, April the 29th. Still think it's possible. Anytime. We see it happening all over the world. Anytime. There'll be a revolution. And as soon as there is, put me down for front row. Army officials said today that they're inspecting every barracks building worldwide to see whether plumbing and other problems that, that have been revealed at Fort Bragg, North Carolina last week are widespread. Now all of a sudden the Army is in shock. As soon as they 2020 does a news special, then they're like that. Brigadier General Dennis Rogers, who's obviously been sitting around with a um, you know Luger up his ass, who's responsible for maintaining barracks throughout the Army, told reporters at the Pentagon that most inspections were done last weekend, but he had not seen the final results. He's in charge. I love when these guys, and, and by the way, it's the Republicans that have no fucking problem. They look right into the camera and they go, yeah, I haven't seen the uh, report yet. Well, who has? Who's, who's fucking in charge then if you haven't seen the report? You know, like um, uh, Arlo Guthrie said about uh, Nixon in the presidential reg, you know, it's not, it, uh, it's not the point that you say you didn't know that the cats with the bugs were there and you'd never go along with that kind of stuff nowhere. But that just isn't the point, man. That's the wrong, wrong way to go. Because if you didn't know about that one, well, then, what else don't you know? <laughs> if, it, if you're allowed to get up and say, yeah, I'm in charge, but I haven't seen that report, then I would say you, we need somebody else in charge who's looking at the reports. While not providing specifics about problems discovered during the weekend inspections, Rogers indicated some deficiencies have already been corrected. In cases where extensive repairs are deemed necessary, the soldiers in that housing would be moved elsewhere until the fixes are completed, he said. So proof positive that, that they it's not that they haven't gotten around to it. They haven't even started it. Rogers said it was too soon to know whether the Fort Bragg problem was an isolated incident. He acknowledged the revelations from a video shot by a father of an 87 Airborne Division soldier showing poor conditions such as mold inside the barracks, peeling interior paint and a bathroom drain plugged with sewage. The soldier's father, Ed Frawley, said he was disgusted by the conditions that greeted his son and the rest of the 82nd Airborne Unit that returned on April 7th after a 15-month tour in Afghanistan. We let our soldiers down, and that's not like us, he told reporters. We let our soldiers down. That's not how we want America's sons and daughters to live. There's no good excuse for what happened. A fucking men. He said the problems in that building have been fixed and that a final paint job was in the works. It was one of 24 barracks at Fort Bragg that were built back in the 1950s and were scheduled for demolition in 2013. The barracks singled out by Frawley had been remodeled in April of 06, according to Rogers. Rogers said the Army standard procedure is to inspect the barracks building to verify that it meets Army standards before it's occupied by soldiers returning from an overseas deployment for reasons he was unable to explain that apparently did not happen in the Fort Bragg incident. A spokesman for Fort Bragg, Tom McCollum, told the same group of reporters that the Post, which is one of the Army's largest with a population of 51,000 soldiers, including more than 12,000 who live on the Post, 
is saddled with 1950s vintage housing that's not popular with the guys. As you can imagine, living in Korea War era barracks. And it's a fucking joke. These cocksuckers, these are the ones that call us unpatriotic when we say the war is a sham. They say, how dare you? You're fucking, you know, uh, breaking the morale. What if the soldiers hear us talking at home about what a bad war it is? How would it make them feel like they give a flying fuck about how these kids feel? It's not about the 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 kids not about just like the same fucking bullshit christian assholes who say we need to take all the tv programs off the air because what if their kids accidentally tune in on tv not about the fucking kids they just don't fucking want porn on tv period they don't want anybody watching it they don't want you and me jacking off the porn on tv so they couldn't care less about the kids they're lying sacks of shit, and, and it's the same thing here. They say they give a fuck about the soldiers. They say it's all about the soldiers and all about the morale, but that's the last thing they give a fuck about. Now that we know how the hospitals are treating them and the kind of barracks and the, the pigsty. I saw, I saw the video, by the way. This guy actually posted it himself on YouTube, and it was picked up by the mainstream media. Dozens of fighters ambushed. Meanwhile, uh, back in the jungle, um, we all heard, you know, a lot of brouhaha about six months ago about how the surge was working. Meanwhile, things have gone spiraled uh, uh, downward ever since then. Dozens of fighters ambushed a U.S. patrol in Baghdad's main Shiite militia stronghold today, firing rocket-propelled grenades and machine gun bursts at the American push into Sadr City increasingly faces pockets of close urban combat. Combat. This is still going on. U.S. forces struck back with 200-pound guided rockets that devastated at least three buildings in the densely packed district that serves as the Baghdad base for the powerful Mahdi Army militia. The U.S. military said 28 militiamen were killed, and the U.S. patrol pulled back. Local hospital officials said dozens of civilians were killed or wounded. That's the other thing is when these guys, you know, all of this war takes place in the burned-down, bombed-out streets of Baghdad. And there are still people living in these fucking, I don't know what you call them, you know, hovels, dwellings. Innocent civilians. So uh, you can imagine, you know, the so-called bad guys or the people who are trying to, you know, liberate their land from their perspective are hiding around the corners and shooting pistols and rock and grenade launchers at the soldiers. And the soldiers fire back with 200-pound guided rockets, which just blasts everything. So they get the bad guy and they get everybody in the three adjacent buildings. U.S. troops have often fought intense gun battles as they cleared neighborhoods in Baghdad and former Sunni insurgent havens such as Anbar and Diyala provinces. But roadside bombings and rocket or mortar volleys against bases have been more frequent mode of attack in recent years. Meanwhile, two U.S. soldiers were killed in northwestern Baghdad today. According to the military, one soldier died when his vehicle was struck by a IED. That's an improvised explosive device it's the weapon of choice of the uh iraqi uh, revolutionary the other died of wounds sustained when he was attacked by small arms fire so they're just getting shot with guns hand grenades improvised explosive devices whatever the fuck these people got 
and you kill them, and fucking hundreds more come out of the woodwork. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio, hanging in the Jester Radio chat room with Lulu. Why not stop by and compliment our on her hair? Also, 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air with you-know-who. Let me tell you, everyone I've ever known has wished me well. Anyway, that's uh, how it seems. It's hard to tell. Maybe people only ask you how you're doing because that's easier than letting on how little they could care. But when you know that you've got a real friend somewhere, suddenly all the others are so much easier to bear. Everyone I've ever known has wished me well Anyway, that's how it seems, it's hard to tell Maybe people only ask you how you're doing Cause that's easier than letting on how little they could care But when you know that you've got a real friend somewhere Suddenly all the others are so much easier to bear Now to see things clear it's hard enough I know While you're waiting for reality to show Without dreaming of the perfect love And holding it so far above If you stumble onto someone real You'd never know You'd never know He might be trying to get across to you Words can be so When your own emptiness is all that's getting through There comes a point when you're not sure Why you're still talking I passed that point long ago
It's like you're standing in the window of a house nobody lives in, and I'm sitting in a car across the way. Let's just say early model Chevrolet. the other door. Okay. Let's get the fuck out. <laughs> Hit it. Now to see things clear, it's hard enough, I know, while you're waiting for reality to show, without dreaming of the perfect love and holding it so far above that if you stumbled onto something real, you'd never know. You could be with somebody who was lonely too. Sometimes it doesn't show. He might be trying to get across to you. Words can be so slow. And your own emptiness is all that's getting through. And there comes a point when you're not sure why you're still talking. I passed that point long ago. I'm so tired of all this circling and all these glimpses of the end. You know, it's useless to pretend. That's all the voices say. You'll go right on circling till you found some kind of friend. Jackson Brown on Jest Radio. Magnificent lyric. Uh, also very dense in double and triple entendre. And... Um, Great use of these answer voices, the background vocalists, by the way, who are the likes of, um, on this uh, single were, you know, Graham Nash and, uh, you know, I forget who else, but some, you know, real good people. And these beautiful voices that sort of echo and challenge and taunt and tease. Uh, you know, um, I saw you through the laughter and the noise. You were talking with the soldier and the boys while they scuffled through your weary smiles. I thought of all the empty miles and the years that I'd spent looking for your eyes. And the, and the voices and the background vocals go, looking for your eyes. And he goes, now I'm sitting here wondering what to say. And the voices say that you might recognize and he says, afraid that all these words might scare you away. And they say, and break through the disguise. So they sort of like are kind of answering and sort of even more to the point, these background vocals than the actual vocals themselves, than the lyrics themselves. And he makes great use of that. And he, did, he does it again. This was, of course, uh, you know, um, 1974. 
um, from the you know the the album that the Late Show um, was on, and he did it again uh, many years later in the um, in the uh, on you know your Bright Baby Blues, which is from the um, the the uh, Pretender album, and in that song it's much more. Um, question and answer and the voices the the um the second voices the background vocals also some some great uh, names if i recall um were even more disturbing in this one give it a listen to i'm sitting down by the highway down by that highway side Everybody's going somewhere Riding just as fast as they can ride well, I guess they got a lot to do Before they can rest assured their lives Are justified Pray to God for me, babe He can let me slide I've been up and down this highway Far as my eyes can see No matter how fast I run I can never seem to get away from me No matter where I Like a river to the sea Maybe if you can see me Out across this wilderness There's just one thing I was hoping you might guess Maybe you can free me All in the power of your sweet tenderness you got to gain But you don't like to lose You watch yourself from the sidelines Like your life is a game You don't mind playing To keep yourself amused I don't mean to be cruel, babe But you're looking Maybe if you can hear me Turn down your radio There's just the one thing I want you to know When you've been near me I felt the love Stirring in my soul Yeah Yes I have 
feeling of peace This friend of mine said Close your eyes And try a few of these I thought I was flying like a bird So far above my sorrow But when I looked down I was standing on my knees Now I need someone to help me Someone to help me Maybe if you need me Like I know I need you There's just the one thing I'll ask you to do Take my hand and lead me To the hole in your garden wall Lead me to that hole in your garden wall and pull me through, baby. Jackson Brown on Jest Radio. Some more of that um, very cool thing he's got going with that back and forth talking. Are we going to actually do another one? Let's do another one. This may be my favorite. It's called From Silver Lake, which is the name of a um, a um, sort of resort, mountain resort up near northern L.A., well, actually way north of L.A., up in the Hinter Mountains of like near Wairica, California. And um, it's a beautiful uh, song, and it's got a lot of this uh, question and answer thing going on. It's called From Silver Lake. Have you seen our brother? He was here the other day, but he only came to say he was leaving. Did you see our brother? He was here the other day, but he only came to say that he was leaving. Did you see his name? was looking where he'd gone, but she wasn't letting on that she was grieving. She's bound to go. Perhaps you'll find him waiting for his boat in some city far away.
lately I remember Afternoons of smoke and wine There was nothing we could find But peace and pleasure And with a smile he told me That he wanted just to be On his way across the sea No man can measure song built right into the tune right at the end there those uh, background vocals he says um have you seen our brother he was here the other day but he only came to say he was leaving and then in the background you hear someone who had been away suddenly came back today and i allowed him to stray into my mind and he's you know then the lyrics go you know uh, did you see his lady she was looking where he'd gone uh, but she wasn't letting on that she was grieving and in the background you hear for a moment face to face evil packed upon the place that long ago he meant to stay out there this time and then they sort of rise over you know him saying um, uh, you know they're bound to go and the sun may find and the background vocals are going oh what do you know not what I've been feeling the past is healing so slow, gone tomorrow, gone from sorrow. So supposedly this was supposed to be, um, and by the way, these were transcribed by dozens of fucking people who pretty much this is the lyric that the, the, the best that, you know, people can figure out. But uh, it's not printed anywhere. But the story goes that he had written a song called Gone From Sorrow, and that just became the background vocal for this song. It became the answer song built right in. 
Jackson Brown on Jest Radio with that uh, sort of uh, voice of conscience in the chorus um, style. It's Tuesday, April the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2000 and something, hanging in the Jest Radio chat room with little Lulu. Why not stop by and uh, comment uh, on her uh, lovely dress this evening? One of the hundreds of the uh, young polygamous sect members taken into state custody gave birth today to a healthy baby boy while uh, child welfare officials, state troopers, and fellow sect members stood watch outside the maternity ward. The boy is healthy. The mother is doing well, according to Patrick Crimmins, the spokesman for the State Child Protective Services. Uh, She gave birth around 12 o'clock at the Central Texas Medical Center. The mother is younger than 18, he said. Uh, and uh, that's all he's going to say. Uh, the baby's going to stay with uh, the mother uh, in a foster care facility until a formal custody hearing will determine the uh, pair's fate. Uh, sometime before June 5th, Crimmins declined to give any other details about the girl where she and the baby are going to hole up. The girl's mother was present for the birth, but uh, Crimmins said he didn't know who alerted her that uh, her daughter was in labor. Rod Parker a spokesman for the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a renegade Mormon sect, contends that the girl is 18. That's, you know, that's going to be their rap. They're all 18. We thought they were 18. According to the Bible, when they start sprouting hair, they're 18. Is this not... I thought that was going to be good. I saw these three of these ladies, by the way, they're dressed like this, like one couple of threads short of these Iranian women with the uh, beekeeper outfit. You know, they wear these, like, sort of very plain uh, floor-length dresses, very sort of constricting, these bonnets, you know, real sort of tight-ass clothing, if you know what I mean. Very sort of uptight clothing. And Larry King was like, "Uh, did you see anybody getting married to little kids? And the first one goes, not that I have seen. And they go, ah, how about you, uh, Lucy, have you? Not that I have seen. They were like Stepford wives. It was fucking freaky. So now that they're saying they have this child, obviously, in there, she's some age between 14 and 17, they, they, you know, the, according to other reports that we piece together. So some kid is in there uh, giving birth, and their the church's position on it is she's 18. That's going to be their... You know, some people just say something. They know it's bullshit. You know it's bullshit. They know you know it's bullshit, but they just keep fucking saying it. That's the only way they could do it. Scientists at the University of Nevada in Reno are scrutinizing seismic readings and studying damage at residents' homes to try to figure out what the fuck is happening beneath the Earth's surface under a northwest Reno neighborhood that was rocked by a seemingless endless strings of earthquakes. What they can't say is whether the hundreds of tremblers, they call them, that have rattled the area for two months, the largest of magnitude 4.7 just this past Friday evening, are subsiding or they're a prelude to bigger things to come, if you know what I mean. You're not going to get an earthquake prediction today, said John Anderson, director of Seismology Laboratory at the University of Nevada, Reno, uh, during a briefing with Governor Jim Gibbons at the Emergency Manager's on seismic activity. Scientists are calling the swarm of tremblers that began back on February 28th the Mogul Earthquake Sequence in reference to the neighborhood where hundreds of mostly minor earthquakes have occurred. 
But the shaking is unusual, seismologists say, because the intensity of the quakes have increased over the past few weeks. Generally, the earthquakes tend to occur and are followed by smaller aftershocks. In this case, the Earth's, the Earth's rumblings have continued uh, unabated, with barely negligible bumps occurring often uh, minutes apart, followed by occasional larger shakers. It's impossible to know if the tremblers are foreshocks of a bigger quake to come or aftershocks of what has been, experts said. Up until April 15th, sizable quakes that could be felt were occurring uh, about once every uh, third day. And now it's increasing, and they're getting, uh, you know, two or three, 2.0 or larger incidents per day. So it's on the rise. Something's a shaking and a quaking down there. Uh, so they, you know, the experts who don't know shit as usual, because we don't know shit. I mean, it's not. I don't. I don't blame them, but we don't, we just don't know shit about anything. We're just starting out, um, and. Uh, that you know they they can't tell if it's you know coming or going and if it were me and I were living anywhere near the fucking place I'd be looking up high school friends back east you know this guy Gary Dorden from CSI he's the uh black guy who works in the lab uh and he's got the freaky hair you know he was arrested yesterday for possession of narcotics and dangerous drugs in LA the 41 year old actor was found asleep in his car by the Palm Springs, uh, Palm Springs Police Department. An officer saw Dorden's car parked on the wrong side of the street with the interior light on and someone sleeping in the driver's seat at approximately 5.12 a.m. Uh, yesterday morning, according to, according to Palm Springs Police Sergeant Mitch Spike. The officer described Dorden as disoriented and possibly under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Or maybe it's just that he woke him up. The officer arrested Dorden after locating suspected cocaine, heroin, ecstasy, uh, miscellaneous prescription drugs, miscellaneous, <laughs> some like you know something for diarrhea, you know, and paraphernalia. Dorden was released on five thousand dollars bail at ten thirty a.m. Court date has not immediately been scheduled. He's played uh, crime scene investigator Warwick Brown on the CBS CSI since two thousand. Several celebrities were in town for the Coachella Valley Music uh, and Arts Festival in Indio, California. It's not immediately clear whether he was uh, attending the event, but he was out partying apparently the night before and just couldn't make it all the way home. Poor bastard. President Bush hoping to inoculate his party and uh, his presidential legacy from election year anger over the economy heaped criticism on the Democratic-led Congress today for letting the American people down. He said he'd consider a summer suspension of federal gas taxes, but he offered no new ideas for a range of economic worries now facing the country. By the way, this the the um, the actual you know accountants and mathematicians have gone to work on this plan. Um, he proposes to drop the you know crummy fourteen cent a gallon uh, on diesel and nine cent a gallon on. Uh, uh, regular gasoline, federal gas tax for the summer. So overall, saving nine cents a gallon on gas, you may save a half a tank of gas over the whole summer. Maybe a full tank if you drive a lot. But that's it. It's just a fucking scam. And now he says that these uh, the the Democratic Congress who laughed at this ridiculous plan. Um, 
is letting the American people down. He rejected a new economic stimulus package saying that the tax rebate checks that have begun going out this week from the $168 billion economic plan adapted back in February must be given time to work. He also rejected bipartisan suggestions that the government stop filling the nation's strategic petroleum reserve while the oil costs so fucking much, saying it involves such a tiny amount of supply that doing so wouldn't push the prices down. Instead, the president tried to shift the focus over to Congress, saying he long ago sent lawmakers proposals to deal with many of the nation's economic problems, only to see them sit or be replaced with approaches that he deems unacceptable. So there you go. There's the leader of the free world blaming his own Congress for why he can't get his bills passed through. So either it means that uh, nobody in his own government has any fucking trust or faith whatsoever in him because, I don't know, because he's a lying sack of shit and the only way you know he's lying is because his fucking lips are moving and the fact that he's put forth nothing that's passable that he knows that his own fucking Congress would pass. So either way, he's an inefficient fucking loser, and uh, I blame Bush. And I know I'm not a perfect person. There's many things I wish I didn't do, but I continue learning. See, that's the difference between us. It's Hoobastank on Jester Radio, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe.
do those things to you And so I have to say before I go
Well, my friends, there you have it. I've said it the easy, simple way. 
And if you fail to do this, don't blame her if she looks my way, because I'm going to treat her like a lady. So passionately. Hey, hey uh, yeah, it's the... Hello? 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 Hey, am, am I on the air? You're on the air with the jester. Who's calling? Hi, this is uh, Mr. Po'boy from New Orleans. It's Po'boy, wow, calling in from the uh, New Orleans Jazz Festival. How's it going down yeah. there, bud? Well, I can't really hear you, unfortunately, but we're drinking absinthe out here in the French Quarter with a bunch of drunk New Orleans people. Wow. Can you hear me? Can you, can you hear me now? Unfortunately, it's all breaking up. I'd hand over the phone and have you talk to some people here. So who did you see? Who did you see today? Oh, I'll tell you about Al Green. Uh, the festival well, hasn't been on since Sunday, but I saw Al Green and he sang three songs that no one ever heard of, and you just wait for him to get to the greatest hits, and he finally does. He starts singing Love and Happiness and gets through one line and points the microphone at the audience and they sing the rest of the song while he throws roses at the pretty girls up front. Oh, my God. So you fly a whole halfway around the world to see Al Green point the mic at you and some sweaty guy from Brooklyn next to you is singing Love oh and Happiness. Oh, my God. So, but how did he look? What is he, like, 80? He great. He had all the energy in the world. He looked like he could have put on a great show. Wow. Yeah, well. Who do, who do we have tomorrow? Well, it's not going to start up again until Thursday. Right. But if uh, anyone out there listening goes to Tipitina's Thursday night at 2 o'clock, Trombone Shorty's putting on his show, and wow. he's bringing on a special guest, Stevie Wonder. Wow. Oh, you Everybody lucky motherfucker. Live for CD. And that's a Tipitina's uh, Trombone Shorty and Stevie Wonder. Holy fuck. All right, well, thanks for calling in, bud. All right, well, I'm going to have everyone here yell, hello, Chester Radio. All right. Hey, hello, Chester Radio. Hello. Hello, Radio. Good eye, Mike. All right. All right. Hello. Have a round on me, bud. of a cathedral and a courthouse. All right. I did. All right. Apparently, uh, calling in from the French Quarter was uh, my good friend Poe. And uh, he wanted to remind you that on Thursday evening at Tipitini's is uh, Trombone Shorty, who is uh, maybe the greatest bone player on planet Earth. And uh, featuring his uh, guest, who's sitting in, Thursday evening, Little Stevie Wonder. So if you're in the uh, New Orleans uh, area for that on Thursday... Definitely stop by and say hi to Trombone Shorty and S. Poe. And say hi to little Stevie for me. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown this Tuesday, April the 29th. The uh, year of our Lord, 2008. The widow of a man who died after receiving contaminated heparin told the Congressional Subcommittee today, quote, We have a false sense of security in a land where people expect to be protected and safe. Brushing away tears, Joanna Marie Staples of Toledo, Ohio, said that her husband, Dennis, was looking forward to his 60th birthday party on the last day of his life. Contaminated heparin, a blood thinner that's uh, used in dialysis and other treatments, 
has been connected to 81 deaths and 785 severe allergic reactions. According to Representative Bart Stupak of Michigan, the chairman of the House Energy and Commerce Subcommittee on Oversight and Investigations, the heparin, of course, made from ingredients imported from where else? China has been recalled by Baxter International, and the FDA has blocked imports from that particular Chinese company. But, you know, who knows what defines the word company in China. In fact, I, I know for a fact that uh, a, lot of the, a lot of companies are interrelated in China. And when you do business with one, a lot of time they subcontract the work out to another, or in fact, they also own others or are partners in others. So it could be that the drugs continue to come from the same source, only under different names. The FDA found the drug was contaminated with oversulfated chondroitin sulfate, which mimics heparin and thus was not detected in routine uh, testing. So apparently it was added on purpose because it's a low-cost substitute for heparin. When and how it was introduced into the product has not been determined. FDA's working hypothesis is that this was intentional contamination, but this is not yet proven. According to Dr. Janet Woodcock, director of the FDA Center for Drug Evaluation and Research, um, Staples told the subcommittee that her husband was looking forward to an evening birthday party at a steakhouse with friends after getting his daily uh, dialysis treatment. But during the treatment, he became unresponsive, stopped breathing, and went into cardiac arrest. She said paramedics rushed him to the nearby hospital, but he never regained consciousness. That's it. That's how I want to go with my boots on. Although I don't like the idea of, you know, like, uh, you know, shivering and frothing in front of strangers, you know, in some public place. Uh, But I don't mind, you know, I don't know. I don't want to fucking die anyway. Uh, The skeletal remains of a 93-year-old woman who may have remained on a couch in her living room for months while other people continued living in the house. Neighbors reported seeing cars come and go from the home as recently as the week before. Uh, Police doing a welfare check at the request of a neighbor found a body inside today. This is Dallas, Texas. What a little bizarre. It appears that someone was living in there with them for some time, Dallas Police Sergeant Gene Reyes told Jester Radio. The remains of a dog was also found in another room. Investigators suspect that the human remains belong to the elderly woman who lived there, but DNA testing may be needed to identify uh, the uh, shriveled-up corpse. Dallas Police Spokeswoman Janet Crowther said there was no obvious signs of trauma on the skeleton. Months have passed, apparently, since anyone saw the elderly woman. Electricity was still on. Uh, The lawn and exterior was still well-kept. Uh, but the interior they described as messy. A neighbor concerned about the woman called police to this uh, one-story white brick home where investigators found the covered remains on a couch. So there's everybody was just sort of living, um, you know, cashing the checks and uh, moving around. (laughs) Dead grandma. Can you fucking believe? Holy crap. What kind of fucking world do you people live in? Me... I walk along the streets. We used to walk with me. I mean, you used to walk with me. And every step I take reminds me of just how we used to be. Well, how can I forget you, girl? There's always something there to remind me. 
It's Naked Eyes on Jester Radio. Don't fuck with that dial.
Why weren't we able to see the signs that we missed? We tried to turn the tables. I wish you'd unclench your fists and unpack your suitcase. Lately, there's been too much of this, but don't think it's too late. Someday, somehow, I'm going to make it all right, but not right now. Nickelback on Jester Radio, Aretha, before that, think. Think. Just fucking stop and think. Think about what you're trying to do to me. Think. Let your mind go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just think before you do anything and when she redid that song 35 years later in the blues brothers movie it was even fucking better than that if it's possible naked eyes started that set always something there to remind me you're tuned into the ravings of a clown this tuesday april the 29th we've gotten a number of comments 
this evening about the eclectic nature of our playlist, starting with Quicksilver Messenger Service, Jackson Brown, Hoobastank, uh, Mark Cohen, Cornelius Brothers. And you know what? Uh, that's the fucking way we roll here at Jester Radio. That's just how it goes. And also, the herb is especially good tonight. And it's in honor of that that we're choosing songs that sound especially good while high. So that's the theme for this evening. Vivid Entertainment is releasing a sex tape allegedly starring Jimi Hendrix. The Los Angeles-based adult entertainment company said they obtained the sex tape from a memorabilia collector. This has caused quite a fuss, and believe me, we are trying very hard to get our hands on this tape, and we'll get it to you. Almost immediately. The 11 minutes of footage reportedly shot in a hotel room about 40 years ago features Hendrix, or some guy who looks exactly like him, engaged in various sexual acts with two women. The company said they uh, consulted with experts to authenticate the footage, but uh, this guy Charles Cross, Charles R. Cross, who wrote, uh, you know, Room Full of Mirrors, which is considered a very um, reputable uh, a biography of Jimmy's life um, has seen the movie. We discussed it with him, and he n- doubts that it's Hendrix. He said the face and the nostrils of the guy depicted in the video doesn't match Hendrix exactly. He also said the guy on the tape is wearing uh, too many rings to be Hendrix. This is somebody that looks like Jimmy or is pretending to look like him, but it certainly doesn't look like a dead end, dead on match. To me, he said during a telephone interview today, Jimi Hendrix, who headlined the legendary Woodstock Festival in 69, as you know, died of a uh, drug overdose in uh, the uh, late summer of 1970. It wasn't quite a death by drug overdose. It was death by uh, drowning, which was caused by drowning on his own vomit, which was caused by, you know, too much heroin. It was a scene of haphazard destruction that stretched for 25 miles row upon row of homes reduced to sprays of splintered lumber, shopping centers stripped to bare metal, parking lots turned into junkyards, and yet no one died, miraculously. So we're happy about that. Of course, we're talking about Suffolk, Virginia. We reported on this last night. The only one thing I could say is we were watched over and blessed, said Fire Chief Mark Outlaw. As shaken residents and rescuers returned today to survey what's left, They were amazed by both the scope of the damage and by their good fortune. Even among the 200 people who were injured, most suffered only cuts and scrapes. Authorities said people in the tornado's path had plenty of warning, were fortunate that the the twisters struck in the late afternoon rather than in the middle of the night when more people would have been sleeping. The extra few minutes provided enough time for people in the storm's path to huddle in bathrooms or crouch in the back of stores as the strongest of six twisters zigzagged for 25 miles across central and southeast Virginia. Governor Timothy M. Kane, who declared a state of emergency in the hardest-hit areas, said about 145 homes were severely damaged uh, in Suffolk, a city of 80,000 people west of Norfolk. Most of the injured had been released from the hospitals. It's kind of amazing. There weren't more significant injuries, Ken said, on WTLP radio in Washington, D.C., you're talking about 145 homes. That's probably five to 600 people directly affected by this tornado. So remember, if you're wondering what to do uh, 
with your disposable income tonight. You're thinking of what candidate to you know donate it to or what online radio station to donate it to. Forget all that shit. Just go straight to the redcross.org and write them a little note, send them 10 bucks and tell them, you know, this one's for the folks in uh, Norfolk, uh, Virginia because that's how Americans roll. We take care of each other because uh, it's the right thing to do. You know, when I was young, it seemed that life was so wonderful, a miracle. It was beautiful, magical. And all the birds in the trees, well, they'd be singing so happily, joyfully, playfully watching me. But then they sent me away to teach me how to be sensible, logical, responsible, practical.
I chance to meet her in my scuffling day She's a lady Hypnotized me there that day I came to play in my usual way Hey, floating along with a whimsical twinkling in her strange green eyes Linger with me, she said yes, and all the time it flies She's a lady, give her time, for she's allowed to change her mind. She's a lady, happy to say she once was mine, only sometime I remember old times. And when she says, can you guess, it's a dress you won't believe. Would you come, sit me up?
to another time I will love you over I will love you over I will love you the trouble and you're worth the pain and you're worth the worry I would do the same if we all went back to another time I would love you over I will love you if they follow you don't look back like Dylan in the movies on your own if they follow you tenderly you turn the light off in your room the uh, always haunting and mysterious Bell and Sebastian on Jester Radio. That reference to Dylan's uh, P. Uh, P. B. Penny Baker's uh, underground movie called "Don't Look Back," starring Bob Dylan, uh, back in 1967. So he's saying, "If they follow you, don't look back," like Dylan in the movie. <laughs> John Sebastian. Before that, in his post uh, "Love and Spoonful," what a character you know he was always sort of uh, uh one of the guys i um, hung with he grew up in you know greenwich village and he was such a fascinating dude his old man um was um john also john sebastian and he was a famous a classical harmonica player and he was fucking amazing and his mother wrote scripts for radio shows lots of famous radio shows his his godmother was vivian vance was ethel <laughs> and he was like the burl lives was like sitting in his living room like most days of the week it was you know his parents were like buds with woody guthrie hung out in his apartment lead belly mississippi john hurt all hung out um in his neighborhood in his family um and uh he started this sort of uh, jug band sound, you know, this New York jug band sound. Uh, he was part of the Mugwumps, which, of course, split off and became the Mamas and the Papas. And he formed the uh, Loving Spoonful with uh, Zal Yanofsky and Steve Boone and Joe Butler. And uh, it's the, the, the band, the name of the band, Loving Spoonful, is a Mississippi John Hurt song. The band is named after a, a famous song. And they had just like, you know, this is post-British invasion, and it really sort of uh, p pulled everybody back to American music. 
um, you had this um, th- this string of great, you know, sort of unique hits. Do you believe in magic? Summer in the city, daydream, Nashville cats. Uh, did you ever have to make up your mind? Uh, you know, younger girl, and all of these were like really sort of um, weird, um, kind of not very hard rock, but not exactly, you know, folk, you know, just sort of like this cool uh, mix of all these things. And uh, of course, we saw after, you know, he split off from the band, really what happened was uh, one of the guys, um, Left, Yanoski left in 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 '67. He was replaced by uh, Jerry Yester, and um, th- they had this uh, problem where this big uh, marijuana bust in in '67, um, and the Yanoski was a Canadian citizen, and he, he was facing deportation. So he gave up the name of the dealer, which you know made all the fans go fucking ape shit and then the band started fighting with each other and uh, somebody should write a book about all this shit because it was really quite a story meanwhile uh, john sebastian and joe butler weren't even in san francisco at the time so they had nothing to do with this but it just fucking ruined the band uh, they got back together years later uh in the that the paul simon movie one trick pony and that was cool uh, but he did a lot of, uh, he had a lot of um, post uh, Love and Spoonful um, tunes and, you know, worked with all kinds of uh, folks, Elvis, Costello, and, uh, you know, Johnny Cash and Joe Cocker over the years. And unfortunately, he'll be sort of known for that piece of crap, uh, Welcome Back, Cotter tune that he did in, in, in 76. Uh, but that was his biggest hit. So, you know, I always say about those tunes, you know, it's, I'm sure he, you know, needed shit like that to, uh, you know, feed the family. But uh, always was a big, huge fan of uh, John Sebastian, and that was one of my favorites. Uh, She's a Lady. Supertramp started that set with uh, the logical song, and you're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. Uh, it was the uh, scene of, uh, oh, we did this story, right? The um, West Virginia. Yeah, that's right. Bob wanted me to remind you, uh, redcross.org is accepting donations. You can make a little note there that you wanted to go to these folks. Although, you know, they sort of, you know, that's where it would go. Because that when a huge disaster like this hits, they just fucking swoop in. So head over there and, you know, drop a, a, a double fin uh, on them. And uh, it's good for you. It's good for them. It's good for everybody. Colorado man accused of sending hundreds of thousands of spam emails has been sentenced to 21 months in prison after pleading guilty to tax evasion and falsifying email headers. 35-year-old Edward Eddie Davidson of Louisville, uh, Colorado was also ordered to pay nearly $715,000 to the IRS. He was sentenced yesterday and ordered to report to prison authorities in May. Federal prosecutors say Davidson's operation used false email headers to disguise the sender. Prosecutors say some of the spam was meant to dupe stock investors and manipulate markets. Authorities say 
Davidson made at least $3.5 million sending emails for 20 companies. So really what he did was uh, he used unscrupulous uh, mass emailing techniques and just sold his services to uh, legitimate companies who, you know, then after the fact say, oh, we didn't know what techniques he was using. They wipe their hands and feet of it. They get to walk away. This guy's got 21 months in the can. And what I don't understand is then they send him on his way. They send him home and say, we'll see you in May. What the fuck is that? You get to go home for a couple of weeks and straighten your shit out? Put everything into storage? What do you do, man? Not that I haven't thought of what I might do. God forbid, should the circumstances arise. Because... uh you know, it can happen to anybody at any time, and I'm always going through the worst-case scenario constantly in my head. And I've thought about what the fuck I would do if I had to go to jail. What would I do with my gorgeous little doggy, my jester mutt, who's not even a mutt now. She's a valuable uh, pure breed. it turns out. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's Tuesday, April the 29th. The year of our Lord, 2008. We're not done yet. Don't fuck with that dial. I found you sitting on a suitcase crying beneath my feet. I feel the rumble of a subway train. I laughed out loud because it's the only thing I hadn't been trying. The train came in breathless. Passengers restless. You said, baby, you'll never change. I found you sitting on a suitcase crying. Beneath my feet, I feel the rumble of a subway train I laugh out loud, cause it's the one thing I hadn't been trying The train came in breathless, the passengers restless She said, baby, you'll never change You gotta get gone, you gotta get going
you packed up all your handbags, throwing off the sandbag. I let go when you step free. I didn't want to lose you. You said you didn't choose to. It's just how your karma came. But thanks for the vision and the 2020 wisdom. Me like a southbound train. You gotta get gone. You gotta get going. Hey, the world ain't slowing down for no one. It's a carnival calling out to you. It's calling out to you. It sounds like a song. It hits you like scripture. You paint the picture with colors, screams from your hand. Weren't you? Throwing off the sandbags. I let go and you stepped free. I didn't want to lose you. You said you didn't choose to. It's just how your karma came. But thanks for the wisdom and the 2020 vision. It hit me like a southbound train. You got to get gone. You got to get going. Hey, the world ain't slowing down for no one. It's a carnival calling out to you. Sounds like a song. Hits you like scripture. You paint the picture with colors squeezed from your hand. Weren't you the kid who just climbed on the merry-go-round? Hey, look, the world ain't slowing down. Ellis Paul on Jest Radio. You've been listening to the ravings of a clown this Tuesday, April the 29th, the year of our Lord, two thousand. And eight extra special thanks to S. Poe, who called in from Timmy Tippies in the French Quarter of uh, New Orleans uh, during uh, New Orleans Jazz Fest, which is going on all last weekend, this coming weekend, starting Thursday evening. And the Timmy Tippies will be featuring Trombone Shorty, maybe one of the greatest uh, jazz musicians alive today, uh, featuring his guest. Little Stevie Wonder, so if you're around, tell them the Jester sent you, and say hi to Little Stevie, and say hi to S. Poe. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. That is my solemn oath to you. Until that time, Houston, you only get a hundred years to live. Make the very best of each and every day. Good night. I'll see you tomorrow. For a moment 
and she feels better than ever and we're on fire making our way back from When you only got a hundred years to live Can be walking in Memphis. 